welcome back. I'm Jenny Fielding, and this is Techstars IoT. Welcome back to Techstars IoT. Today on our show, we have Joel Wyszkowski from Simple Contacts. Joel and I have known each other for several years now. I've seen him as an entrepreneur, as an investor, and as a mentor in our Techstars programs. Welcome, Joel. As this program is about IoT, and you have a lot of experience in that space, building souls and now simple contacts, it'd be great if you could quickly give us a little bit about your background and how you got involved in IoT. Yeah, I mean, I think we've talked about sort of my mission as an entrepreneur for a while. I have a condition called ulcerative colitis, and I've been suffering from this for a number of years. It means I have to see a doctor pretty often and was really fed up with healthcare system, dealt with patients and how inconvenient it was. So I've been looking at technologies, processes that can improve sort of the, the way healthcare is delivered, dramatically cut the cost by bringing the healthcare out of the hospitals and doctor's offices and to people's homes and on their computers and, and smartphones. Awesome. So let's talk about the intersection of IoT and healthcare. It seems like now IoT is intersecting with everything, but where is it making the biggest impact in healthcare? It actually, I think, jives pretty well with your personal thoughts on like where IoT is going. A lot of the apps that are around today and IoT sort of services that are healthcare related have been sort of very consumer, like watches and fitness trackers. They haven't really made a huge difference in terms of patient care. What has has been new digital ways of dealing with the hospitals and the doctor's offices, patient monitoring systems um, seem to be like the, the hot new trend. Monitoring. Okay, so once we monitor, is that a step forward to changing consumer behavior? There are a lot of companies working on cool technology, essentially bridging monitoring solutions in the home, elderly people who are going to fall, etc., looking at vital signs of sorts of things like that, and then tying it back to like machine learning and saying, hey, is this person going to fall? Starting to do predictive analysis, like, hey, is this person at higher risk? Yeah, I was going to ask about AI. Is AI a category in and of itself, or is it part of the landscape? Of course. I think it's pretty hard to have a conversation about like tech right now and not say like machine learning and artificial intelligence. It's a buzzword, but it's also sort of like the future, right? Because if you think about IoT and like adding sensors to stuff, like that's great. You can add sensors to everything and the store and that home and that patient and that, that hospital. But once you've measured it, like then you have to improve it. And, and you can't improve something just by like turning a sensor on. You've got to use that data. And the more data we have, the better we can you know, do correlation between the data and outcomes, data and diagnoses. Do you think healthcare is one of the most antiquated industries? And is this the right time for IoT or some basic things that need to happen before we can disrupt that industry? Yeah. You know, the thing I tell people on our team all the time is like, you can't fix what you can't measure. So, you know, the first step to the process is just measuring stuff. Like we need to figure out what's working, what's not working. So I think that first piece, which is putting sensors on like a lot of things, clearly putting sensors on everything doesn't make sense, but there's definitely some areas where sensors have been put on, on patients in certain ways that makes it really interesting. What about hospitals? What needs to happen in hospitals? You go into hospital and it feels like you're walking into a set from the 1970s. You go to the hospitals in New York and it just seems like a throwback. What's a good entry point to telemedicine? If I can do a lot of these things at home, if I can consult a doctor who may be in India that can make my life better, that's really the intersection of IoT, where a lot of this stuff can be done virtually. It's not a throwback everywhere. I think there are some definite people doing interesting things, you know, Parsley, which we've been involved with together, One Medical. There's a bunch of companies coming out and saying, hey, we can deliver better care and we can do it at the same price point and make it more convenient, make it more comfortable for patients and deliver better outcomes. I don't want to see lots of hospitals. 
I think this idea that you know hospitals will go bigger and bigger and bigger is just absurd, right? We need to bring healthcare out of the hospital like completely. We need to deliver care in homes and in like small community centers and and not have this sort of like giant hospital complex where you'd go to get care. Most infections start in a hospital, right? Like you're aggregating all these sick people into one spot and you're trying to get efficiencies of scale. But what IoT lets you do, what technology lets you do, what AI lets you do is sort of democratize access to that. You can start to do things in the home, in small clinics that at the same price point that you used to have to you know, have one giant hospital for. So I think what you end up seeing is hospitals not get bigger, possibly get smaller. I have this sort of fear that the healthcare system could get worse before it gets better because, you know, when you start to disrupt this hospital complex and the way that doctors and healthcare administrators make money and these giant investments they've made in these huge hospital complexes uh, could start to really be a problem. I think one of the issues for Americans is, are you really against the law, right? Getting healthcare delivered in the United States by a doctor overseas. No. Is it worse care? Probably not, but you know the way we've set up our systems and how much money is spent getting licensed in the United States starts to become a real problem when you sort of think, hey, I can deliver care in the United States, but I can use doctors and systems developed or located abroad, right? Um, like, how do you control quality in that case? Talk a little bit about your new startup, Simple Contacts. Why did you decide to start this, and what's next for Simple Contacts? Yeah, I think Simple Contacts is a great melding of my sort of personal mission to eliminate doctor's office visits and sort of a pain point for me personally. I'm a contact lens wearer for the last 10 years, actually probably more at this point. I've had the same prescription pretty much forever. And I had this yearly exam where I'd go in and be like, do a whole bunch of battery of tests. At the end, they'd give me the same prescription and start talking to a bunch of doctors, ophthalmologists who do surgery in the eye. They were like, hey, those yearly exams, really like a full eye health exam isn't necessary for every single patient, like every single year. It's, you know, for high risk patients, definitely, but many patients can get away with not doing every three, four, five, maybe even 10 years in some cases. What can we do to let people order their contact lenses, get refills and glasses without having to go back for a full eye health exam? Uh, that's not what they want. So we developed a platform that allows a patient to take a really quick test under five minutes, check if they're 2020, and have a doctor write them a new script for the same contact lenses they've worn for a long time. Then we sell them contact lenses. Super simple, super easy, saves them about $150 for the visit and about a half day of time. So it's interesting with telemedicine in particular. You're going to have some doctors who are super excited about it. They think it's democratizing and they're the believers. And then you're going to have the ones who are more old school, who think that people need to go in for their checkups every year. So how do you deal with that, with the polarizing community? It's a really great question. Um, I, I think what we see is there's actually really broad support for new technology. I don't think doctors like the system, any, like most doctors like the system any more than you and I like the system. I think they're as fed up with it as we are. I think it's important to note that you know, doctors spent hundreds of thousands of dollars of their own money and like almost a decade of their own time getting licensed to practice medicine, not because they think they were going to make a lot of money. Most did not get in to make lots of money. Most got in because they want to help patients. And they're stuck in a system now, which makes it sort of difficult in many cases to help patients in the best way. From even simple things like being able to text their patients or being able to share data with them easily, you know, there's lots of laws, regulations, insurance systems prevent them from doing it. 
you know, many of them look at what we're doing and say, oh my goodness, I want that for fill in the blank vertical. I do, you know, dermatology, and like that would be, the system you're using would be great for that. And they look at new technology like, oh my goodness, that can help my patients and it can help me get out of the office. I think that's a powerful trend. I grew up with a father who's a doctor, and I grew up with him kind of cursing the lawyers because he felt that with all the regulations running his practice, it really frustrated him. That was very discouraging. So I became a lawyer. <laughs> so one of the things he had to do is not take insurance because he was having so many problems with insurance companies. Obviously, it was one of those hot topics in the election. How does insurance play into all of this with telemedicine? Ah, that's a, actually a really great question. So the, the trend right now is for states to pass comprehensive telemedicine reform. You know, many states have. There are many aspects to that, but I think the one that's most important for insurance is this concept of parity, where an insurance company is basically being told, like, if someone does a, a telemedicine visit for dermatology to check a mole to see if it's the problem you need to come in, you're going to reimburse, the insurance company is forced to reimburse that at a similar or same rate as an office visit. So starting to incentivize doctors to be able to do telemedicine, still get paid. Because the, the threat to doctors has always been like, happy to talk to you on the phone, happy to text with you, but like, there's no way for me to capture any value from that, right? You sort of go out of the system and the insurance companies are saying, that's not a visit. So if you think about sort of incentives and aligning long-term incentives, right now, most doctors are incentivized by an office visit when internally they're motivated by helping patients. So when you start to force the insurance companies to pay out and incentivize telemedicine, I think you're going to see broad adoption. That's going to happen. It's going to, there's going to be telemedicine reform in, in almost every state in the near to midterm. It's been happening in a lot of different states, like Indiana passed regulation just recently. It happened to have some bad parts for us, but there are other good parts for, for telemedicine in general. And I think you're going to see that in many other states. D.C. is passing laws. Um, many other states are debating it. I have a lot of respect for entrepreneurs who in the healthcare industry. There's a lot of challenges in the regulatory side and the cultural side. It's not easy. We have a lot of entrepreneurs listening to us. Give us some tips on starting a healthcare startup and some of the things we should look out for. I think the best advice for a lot of healthcare want people who are trying to get into like healthcare as an entrepreneur, if they've not been in it before, is not to try to break the system the way that you would in another industry. Like this concept of like breaking the system or like disrupting the whole market, it's good in theory, but in healthcare, you're talking about patients' lives. And so like your first priority shouldn't be a better method. Just because something is being done better for business purposes does not mean it's giving better patient care. And so you know, when you're thinking about designing a new system, a new product, you really got to think about, does this thing deliver the same care or better care? And if it's not the same or better, then there needs to be a reason why and patients need to know, right? Patients be presented with that as like, hey, this thing will help you do this. It's not the same as this, but here are the benefits for it. If you want this, we can provide it. Really dangerous for people to think they're getting the same thing and get something different. Okay, so break that down a little bit more. Are you saying you need to like work within the framework or I mean, if yeah. I'm, a, I'm a healthcare entrepreneur. Let me put it in terms of like simple context. The optometry community you know, dislikes us for, for business reasons. But their biggest complaint is that their patients aren't getting full eye health care exams. And you know, right in the app, like one of the first pages you see is like, this is not a full eye health care test. We're not doing glaucoma checks. We're not giving you a full health check of your eye. And 
Many patients don't need that and don't want that and just want contact lenses. But it's important that they know that they're not getting this full eye health care. I think that's sort of like what I'm thinking. So you got to be really upfront with patients and you got to know what the balance is. All right. I like it. You're also an angel investor. So what are some of the things you look for, especially someone who has a healthcare startup? Where are some of the traits that might be different that you look for? Industry expertise enough for you? No, I don't think it's a requirement. Um, And I wouldn't say that before I started Simple Contacts, I was an expert on the optometry, ophthalmology business. But I think having some background in health or some sort of deep sort of mission in healthcare is important. People just getting into healthcare because there's a, you know, they think it's a big problem, they can make lots of money is really problematic. And I actually think you see some of the best tech companies in healthcare, like OneDrop with Jeff, started by people who have some sort of like really deep-seated goal for healthcare because of like some personal connection. Yeah, I think the other thing in healthcare, like I think we've talked about this a few times, many companies get started in healthcare, like we're going to sell to the insurance companies or we're going to sell to the, the hospitals. And there is a business model there, but like it's not somewhere I would want to play. And I don't know if that's sort of similar to your feelings. Just because I think that in the future of healthcare, the people who are really going to make a big difference are the ones that own customer relationships. That's the powerful piece of healthcare, right? Where the, the patient trusts you. Once they trust you to do contact lenses, well, there's many other things you can do. You know, dry eye treatments and possibly other verticals of healthcare too. But really the key piece, the key, like the hardest thing in healthcare is get a patient to trust you. So what are the areas you're excited about investing in within the healthcare space? My mother's been in the you know, aging community for a long time. She's, uh, she ran like a nonprofit. So I've been sort of grown up in this sort of uh, environment where I've seen like, a lot of issues in, in sort of geriatric care. I think that's one specific vertical I'd be really interested in investing in. Unfortunately, like most of the technology that we see in those spaces, with the exception of like Home Hero and stuff, are like companies are like, we're going to do home monitoring for people for elderly, but like they don't freaking want that, right? Like that's not, it has been done for years and years and years. Like we need new systems designed to like help patients like live longer, more like fulfill lives. That's like better connection to their family and emotional and mental care. Like there are other things besides just like, is this elderly patient going to fall? I haven't seen personally anything that was interesting yet, but I'm interested in that. I think Haley um, from Rock Health is super interested in that space as well. I think she's done a few deals. Awesome. So, all right, Joel, thanks so much for joining us. Always a pleasure. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks again for joining me for Techstars IoT. And stay tuned for next week and our next episode.